I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And this is the Book Boyfriend Project. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about the composition of our bookshelves. Yes. So I feel like, especially over the last year, I've gone on a bit of a book buying spree. Yes. (laughs) All that time at home left me with more time to read, and I discovered Book Outlet, which has been bad habit (laughs) i won't lie (laughs) it's been a bad habit so we thought it might be fun to do a little series um on our podcast talking about a kind of in this intro episode what's on our bookshelves as jess said kind of how we shop for books and then in further updates kind of chat about how we're like moving through our bookshelves because i don't know about jess but i have also fallen into the bad habit of buying books like physical books and then not reading them because i have too many other things to read yeah um so we're first going to talk about how many books are actually on our shelves for me it is 115 as of right now Mm -hmm. and okay so my book collection is kind of split in half half of it is with me in my apartment and I guess it's not half and half but some of it is still at home at my mom's house just because you know I'm still in that stage of my life where I'm moving around a lot and I have books that I want to keep but like I don't need to read them right now. So currently with me, I have about 102. Mm -hmm. So of my 115 books, um, 104 of them haven't been read. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm only at 50 for the unread. I do want to also throw another disclaimer. I don't know if this makes it better or worse. But recently, my grandmother has started passing the books on that she buys to me. My grandmother buys books like they're going on the style like she buys like three books a week brand spanking new books off amazon and she doesn't reread books so then she just like passes them on to me so i've gotten probably 20 25 books from her in the past three months so that's a big chunk of what these are mm, yep um not mine i <laughs> i just kind of buy physical books and then i don't read them <laughs> I kind of just buy them and then I forget to because like I'm one of those people that like I always have my phone with me I always typically have my kindle with me so if I want to read I read an ebook mm-hmm. like I have the kindle app on my phone I read on my phone I read on my kindle I read in bed with my kindle because like with the kindle it's backlit so I don't have to like have the lights on I don't have to deal with that So, for me, reading a physical book is inconvenient, but, like, sometimes the covers are just so pretty, or it's a really, really good deal on them, and so I end up just buying the physical books. Just to have them? To hoard them? Just to have them and to hoard them. (laughs) And then, sometimes I'll even buy books that I haven't read, but, like, the cover is so, so pretty that I'm like, oh, I have to have this. And then I just forget that they're there, and I forget to read them, even though I stare at them and just think oh my pretties all of the time that's how I feel about my eyeshadow palettes sometimes (laughs) (laughs) see I feel like I'm the complete opposite way with physical books I just recently bought a kindle in October so I love my kindle and I'm loving kind of the ebook experience but like if I had a choice and I had unlimited space and unlimited funds I would probably buy physical copies of every single book because I love the experience of having a book and most of the time, before this year, and I've kind of started buying books more regularly, I would usually get books for my birthday and for Christmas. I'd ask for books, that's like 90% of my Christmas wish list most of the time. And I'd get those ones, and they'd either already have been books that I've already read, or like continuations of a series, because I don't usually like 
Like, if a new Cassandra Clare book comes out, I almost always get it from the library first. I'm not usually buying books quite as frequently. Yeah, so I got into reading books probably around 12, and I think I got my first Kindle right around the same time. Oh, so it was different. So my love of reading has always been with ebooks. Mm-hmm. I think I've had, I want to say this is my fifth Kindle so far mm-hmm. in my life. So they are, they're just like my jam. The ebooks mm-hmm. are my jam. So I don't. See, and I feel like when I was growing up, I mean, I've been a huge reader for most of my life, um, but I've always been like a library goer. So, mm-hmm. like, checking books out of the library. When I was in high school, I would check out, like, three or four books at a time, and just, like, the top portion of my locker would be, like, crammed with books. Mm-hmm. And I would always have a book with me, like, when I went to class, and, like, anytime there was, like, a five-minute law, I'd, like, pull out my book and read. Yes. See, my high school actually did reading Fridays, so the <gasps> first ten minutes of every hour of, like, the class was reading. <gasps> I'm so jealous. Yeah, so you could you couldn't be reading like on your phone. You could be reading on a Kindle, but you had to be reading like a book or like a magazine or something, mm-hmm. and you had to be reading for the first ten minutes of every single class. I'm so jealous on Fridays. It so was jealous. it was great. It was you would think like you're jealous, but it literally made Fridays so hard to concentrate. I literally got yeah, yelled at true. so often for like hiding my book underneath my pages to continue reading like it was bad for my habits because like I'm very much look like a reader that gets sucked into my book and then I'm like I'm into it Mm -hmm. and I just stay there yeah yeah I I vaguely remember that in high school like reading and the bits that I could and then like when I had to focus pulling myself out of the book See, I'm not very good at pulling myself out. I feel like the older I get, the harder it is. Because I feel like especially, well, especially the last couple months, because, like, I'm just chilling at home. Mm-hmm. What else do I have to do to distract mm-hmm. me? Literally nothing. So I just sit there and read the book all day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the next question we decided to come up with is how many complete series, or no, how many authors do you have on your bookshelves? So I have 65 on my bookshelf. Um... Just wanted to throw this question in, and I'll let her kind of explain why, because I thought it would provide some interesting insight into not only our shopping habits, but our read- reading habits. So, I wanted this to kind of be, like, a question to kind of show you how varied our tastes are, because mm-hmm. um, I know some, like, bookshelves that I see on, like, Facebook or Instagram and stuff, a lot of the time, they just, like pick their favorite authors and then they like end up buying their books in physical collections and such especially with like a lot of the Facebook like author groups that I'm in because a lot of them choose ebooks like I do so their physical bookshelves are very much like their absolute favorites yeah their absolute favorites mainly from their very very favorite authors and I kind of wanted to use this question to really show you the differences and the variation in authors that we have. Mm-hmm. See, the amount of authors that I have on my shelf is actually 61. Mm-hmm. And the way that I typically end up 
buying or choosing a new author, especially because I don't buy physical books that often, is they either have to be deeply discounted, and most of the time when I go into a bookstore, I am checking the physical books prices against like the Amazon prices, um, whether or not I can buy the like physical book cheaper on Amazon or if I can buy the ebook cheaper, nine times out of ten the ebook is cheaper mm-hmm. or it's about the same price. Mm-hmm. And so I don't typically end up buying a lot of physical books. Mm-hmm. But when I do buy them, they have to be very pretty, like their cover has to be very, very pretty. <laughs> um I'm just like touching my books that I like have for one of our next questions. And as Sid can see, the all of the covers are, are very gorgeous. very gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You have that book? I have this No, book. that book, because I almost bought that book. Oh yeah, I bought this one. Okay, cool. I won't buy it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought this one. So occasionally you guys we make book bub cards and by occasionally I mean like we did it two weeks ago. And Jess and I, or book outlet, yeah, Um, and Jess and I ended up with the same books in our cart. I think it was like three or four of the same books in our cart, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of funny. I'm sorry, I finished what you were saying. I got distracted. (laughs) Yeah, but no, so when I buy books, it has to be, like, it has to be visually pleasing. It has to be, like, a really good storyline, and I honestly didn't expect to have as many authors as I had on my shelf. Mm-hmm. I definitely expected it to be more like below 50. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually very happy that it is above that. I feel like you're super picky about what kind of books you will physically buy. Oh, I am. Whereas I am not very picky about that. I, like I said, I just bought an e-reader and up until then I really, I hate reading books on my phone. I feel like it's so distracting because I'm constantly getting notifications from other things and it's just not relaxing to me. So you put it on do not disturb or you put it on airplane mode? I mean, that would work. That would solve the issue. But my <laughs> preference is to read a physical book. So um, as I said, I do a lot of borrowing from the library. Um, and when I do buy a physical book, if I ask for it for a gift or something, usually I'm just like snooping online for it. Or if I go to Barnes & Noble, I usually end up with like, 30 pictures of books that I want to read on my phone um but I am not I mean like if my favorite author comes out with another book I'll like look into it and check it out um but I'm not discriminatory discriminatory about new authors if I if a book catches my attention and the plot sounds good to me I'll throw it on my wish list or buy the physical copy I honestly love like when I have a Barnes and Noble gift card going into a bookstore with like the intention of just finding a new hidden gem to read and to bring home with me. <laughs> you sound like you're looking for a lost puppy. I am. <laughs> I am. See, and for me, it's very much, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but it's very much about judging a book by its cover for me when I'm looking at physical books. Mm-hmm. Like, if I see something that, like, looks really pretty, I'll, like, read it and then I'll, like, put it back, like... If I'm going to buy a physical book, I don't want it to be plain. I don't want it to, like, look plain. I want it to be very visually pleasing because I want to be able to, like... Eventually, I want to be able to create, like, different, like, shelves. And I want to have my books semi-organized by, like, color and design. And I want them to look all pretty and such. Mm -hmm. 
I will probably only be able to do that for like a day because then them not being in alphabetical order is going to drive me insane, but it's Ooh. the thought that counts. You know what we didn't include on here that I feel what? like we should include? How our bookshelves are organized. Oh, mine are very much organized by alphabetical order. Like, I've recently bought a ton of new books, but there's not really a ton of shelf space on my um, current bookshelf because I only have one of them because I also live in an apartment. There's not, like, a ton of shelf space to reorganize all of my books to refit them all in in alphabetical order. So I have to wait until, like, I have the space to buy another bookshelf in order to actually, like, put these books on my bookshelf. And then I will spend, like, an hour reorganizing the shelves so that they're in alphabetical order. And you only have the one bookshelf. Yeah, and I only have the one bookshelf, so it's... Like, I can't do it right now because I have to be able to, like, reorganize it so I can, like, split it up and be like, okay, A through K is on this bookshelf and, mm-hmm. like, whatever comes after K to Z is on the other bookshelf. Yeah. So, just tried to organize my books and then I think I disorganized them within, like, a week. It was weeks. within a week. <laughs> so, now I just try not to look too closely at her bookshelf for fear of, like, having that, like obsessive need to reorganize them every time I'm at her place yeah so I have three spots where I store my books two spots of the three are smaller bookshelves um and then the third one I have this like little stand thing in my living room and I kind of just stash the books in like the underneath part yeah it was supposed (laughs) to be like a fake fireplace and I don't know what happened with that DIY idea I had a vision and then the more I looked at it I was like what am I gonna do I don't know I don't know. I feel like my vision was just not coming to life. It needs to be taller. I don't know. I'm figuring it out. I think it's cute how it is, but... I mean, I like it. It's definitely... It definitely gives it, like, a little nook. It gives you a little more space to kind of have something right there by your entryway. I was just curious, because, like, you haven't talked about your fake fireplace (laughs) idea in, like, (laughs) probably four months, and I keep, like, looking at it when I'm over there, and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Did she just lose steam? Is she waiting to, like, find the perfect, like, part to, like, finish it off at Salvation Army? Like, what's that going on? Yeah. It's kind of a combination of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I have my books kind of strewn throughout my living room, like, in an organized-ish way, but they're completely, like, haphazardly thrown on my shelves. Sometimes they're, like, grouped by series. I try to keep the series together because sometimes it drives me a little crazy if I don't. But kind of since we started our podcast, I often take books out to take pictures of them. So when I put them back, they kind of just get haphazardly put back on my bookshelf. So mm-hmm. it's becoming increasingly disorganized, but that doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. So the next questions are about the series on our bookshelves. Um, how many complete series? How many incomplete series? Um So I kind of just randomly counted all of my books and authors and such right before this episode. So I didn't actually take out all of my books and see which ones are series and which ones are like incomplete. It's like a rough count. It's like a very rough count of ones that I know are a series and know I don't have like the rest of the books Mm -hmm. are ones that I know are a series and I know I have all of the books in it. Mm -hmm. But I'm betting you if I were to go through, I would probably, if we were including incomplete series as ones that we only have like the first book in the series to, Mm -hmm. I'm betting I probably have at least 10 more 
incomplete okay. series. Yeah. Just because I feel like at least half of them look like they could be, like, a standalone. But then if I actually, like, read them or looked at them, I'd realize they were only the first in a series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I actually own four, only four complete series. And those are the ones that I just have with me, like, currently. There, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are at least two or three more at home that I have the rest of the books for. They're just not with me. Um, I like to own a complete series of a book, especially if I really enjoy it. It kind of drives me nuts if I don't have all of them, but I try to wait, especially now, um, for the books to go on, like, book outlet or something so I can score them on a deal, because if I've already read them, I don't quite feel the need to, like, fill that spot as immediately. It's just something that I would like to have down the line. hmm And I have six complete series, so... One of those complete series is actually the Keaton Chronicles by Jillian Dodd that I bought for myself for Christmas as a signed book series, which was just a dream come true for me. And then the other ones are books that I've never read. (laughs) Which, that kind of blows my mind that you've bought complete series and never read them. Because I would never buy a complete series of a book that I haven't read yet, unless it was from, like, Book Outlet or if it was super, super cheap. Mm -hmm. So, one of them that's one that I haven't completely read is The Smoke and Bone, um, Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor. So, I read, I believe, the first book. I was completely done with the first book, and it's a trilogy. Mm -hmm. So, then I bought the other two books as used books from Amazon, and that's kind of how I did that. Um, another one is the Famous in Love series. Um, they made a TV show with it with, um, Bella Thorne, Mm -hmm. uh, on ABC Family a few years back, and I really, really loved the TV series, and I was like, well, I have to read, like, the books now, so then I bought both of the books that are in that series, so... Mm -hmm. Yes, I actually have complete series that I've never read. Interesting. Okay, um, and then our next question, we wanted to give ourselves a little bit of a goal as to how many books we want to read before we kind of update this little series. We're thinking we're going to update it in the next three to four months, depending on, you know, how our episodes go and our reading habits. Um, I'm aiming to read between 10 and 15. 15 is like my like optimal goal, but realistically, I think 10 is kind of going to be where it's at Mm -hmm. and my goal is the 10 um there's actually a couple series that I want to read that have about two or three books in that series um which is kind of why I chose about 10 and then next we're just going to give you kind of like a top five of um what we're most excited to read from our unread books Mm -hmm. so do you want me to go first? <laughs> I mean, I can go first if you need to. Yeah, I gotta look up one in the summary, so you go first. Yep, okay. So, the first book that I'm going to talk about is Venom by Fiona Paul. It is, I believe this is the first one in the series. I have two books in this series. It's called The Secrets of the Eternal Rose. And so... The synopsis is Cassandra Car- Caravello has everything a girl could desire 
elegant gowns, sparkling gems, invitations to the best parties, and a handsome wealthy fiance. Yet she longs for something more. Ever since her parents' death, Cassandra has felt trapped alone in a city of water where the dark and labyrinth canals whisper of escape. When Cass stumbles upon the body of a murdered woman with a bloody X carved across her heart, she's drawn into a dangerous world of secret societies, courtesans, and killers. Soon, she finds herself fouling for Falco, a poor artist with a mischievous grin and a habit of getting into trouble. Will Cassandra find the murderer before he finds her? And will she stay true to her fiancé or succumb to her uncontrollable feelings for Falco? And so this is supposed to be set in Renaissance Venus... So, um, like in Italy, Venice. Venus. Venice. I said Venus. You did. Nope. I was like, where's Venus? <laughs> like the planet? <laughs> nah, it's Venice. Okay. okay. <laughs> My bad. Um, so the front of this cover is actually like one of those really pretty girls and she has eyes that are very similar in color to mine. Mm-hmm. Which kind of, like, drew me in a bit. And she's wearing this, like, masquerade mask. And it's purple and black. And the cover is just so pretty. And it has, like, embossed lettering that's gold. And Mm -hmm. so it's, like... And this one is a hard cover. And it's got those flocked pages. Is that what this is called? I don't know what it's called. But they're, like, those chunky pages that don't sit smoothly. They're, like, distressed almost. And they look... I don't know. They're just... I love them. Do you like them or hate them? I'm a little I'm on I'm a little on edge. I feel like day by day I can either love or hate them depending on the texture issues that I'm currently like dealing with. Dealing with. I love them always. Like I love the look of them for the most part, but if I'm comparing them to like something else and I'm like, "Oh, well, I don't like that they don't have the same look." Maybe just don't stare at it for too long. <laughs> yeah. As you guys can probably tell, the more that I, like, look at things, if they're not, like, if they don't mesh well in my head, then they start to bother me. Jess is very particular about things. So, only, but it's, like, weird things, though. It's, like, very, very weird Not things. to, not, like, I'm not saying that in a mean way. It's just, like, some things I feel like you are super anal about, no offense. And then, like, other things I expect to drive you crazy, and you're like, eh. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going back and forth? Okay. So, my first book that I'm excited to read is called Ash Princess by Laura Sebastian. I am going to read the uh, synopsis for this one. I don't think I'm going to do that for everyone because they don't really need it. But um, <laughs> this one says, Theodosia was six when her country was invaded and her mother, the fire queen, was murdered before her eyes. On that day, the Kaiser took Theodosia's family, her land, and her name. Theo was crowned Ash Princess, a title of shame to bear in her new life as a prisoner. For ten years, Theo has been captive in her own palace. She's endured the relentless abuse and ridicule of the Kaiser and his court. She was powerless, surviving in her new world only by burying the girl she was deep inside. Then, one night, the Kaiser forces her to do the unthinkable. With the blood on her hands and all hope of reclaiming her throne lost, she realizes that surviving is no longer enough. But she does have a weapon. Her mind is sharper than any sword, and power isn't always won on the battlefield. For ten years, the Ash Princess has seen her land pillaged and her people enslaved. That all ends here. That just, I love... Dun, dun, dun. I love, love, love the whole, like, taking back my crown, like, Mm -hmm. trope. When it's, like, a a deposed, like, princess or prince, and she, like 
watched the invaders like kill her family or whatever mm-hmm. and then she's like taking them down and like taking back her crown like I just I love that so so much mm-hmm. it's good mm-hmm. yep so my next book is Black City by Elizabeth Richards and so the main like thing this sounds very much like it is a like post-apocalyptic kind of thing mm-hmm. um they have the United Century States, which are, I'm guessing, supposed to be a mock after apocalypse of the United States. And the main character is Natalie. She's 16 years old. Her father was killed by a darkling, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing is like a evolution of creature from like nuclear fallout or something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually say anything about nuclear stuff, but it also doesn't say like what the Darklings are, if they're, like, a paranormal creature or if they're, like, a somehow, like, evolved scientific ridicule thing. Mm -hmm. And so her father's killed by a Darkling. The Darkling, apparently all of them live, like, outside of the borders. Like, they have, like, walls built and everything to keep, like, the Darklings out. And then apparently Natalie falls in love with Ash, Mm -hmm. who is a half-human, half-Darkling. Which is why I'm leaning towards they might be, like, a paranormal creature yeah. and not, like... It kind of looks like it could be thing. from the cover. It looks like something's exploding on the cover. Like a flower or a gem. Yeah. And so, I like, I don't know what's going on with that, but I'm really... Sounds good. I'm really excited. And it's giving me... It's very much giving me, like, Divergent vibes. I love Divergent. Yeah, so... I love, like, the post-apocalyptic kind of things where they have to, where, like, it, like, I love the futuristic stuff. I hate historical dramas or, like, historical fiction Mm -hmm. or, like, historical romance, but, like, the futuristic, like, post-apocalyptic, like, new world orders and, like, alien planets and stuff, they, like, they get me. It's been years since I think I've read anything, like, post-apocalyptic, and I'm feeling the itch now to go back to it. Like, I feel like in high school that was my jam, but now it's been mm-hmm. so long. I veered off course. I need yeah, to like, revisit I that. love them. Because mm-hmm. I just love, like, all of the descriptions of, like, the technology and everything that they normally have. Mm-hmm. So those just make me happy. Yeah. So my next book is The Boundless by Anna Bright. This is the second book in the Beholder series. Um, so this one really gives me, like, selection vibes. If you guys enjoyed that book, I think you'll really enjoy this one. The main character, Sela, is the princess of some variation of the United States. It's kind of an alternate history. Um, at least that's my understanding. The United States isn't a, like, it's not a united state in the way that we think of it now. Um, she, I can't remember what her country is called now, but, um, she's from a small country. They're, like, mostly agricultural people, and her kind of royalty, um, her family, like, the royalty there is supposed to be very humble, and it's not supposed to be, like, this big, showy, elegant thing. Um, and she has this horrible stepmother, of course. (laughs) Why wouldn't she? Absolutely. I feel like this might be... Oh, maybe it's not really Cinderella because she's already like princess, princess. But she is kind of sent off um, to Europe to find a husband by her stepmother. And it's basically like, don't come back if you don't have a husband. And in the first book, this is like an itty bitty spoiler. Um, all of her options are heirs to the throne. 
So if she likes any of them or chooses to marry any of them, she like can't come back and be a princess in her own country. So there's kind of that. So tension. she's not technically the heir to the she throne. Is the heir oh, to the she throne, is the heir to the but throne. But her stepmother's currently pregnant. Uh, so it's some political manipulation there. Mm, she's so her, also the worst. <laughs> her stepmother's trying to get her to marry a different heir to the throne so yes. that her baby can be the heir to the throne instead of... Yes. Okay. Yeah. And in the first one, um, you meet her two suitors and she kind of goes on a little bit of a journey of like self-discovery because she's been very sheltered and she's just kind of like, not weak, but like she needs to learn how to like stand on her own two feet outside of like the people that love her and coddle her a little bit. I really, really loved the first one. I had no idea that the second one had even been written until I saw it on uh, Book Outlet, so I scooped that puppy up, and I cannot wait to read it. Do you own the first book in the series? I don't. That's another one okay. that's kind of, like, on my list to finish that series, like, finish that series in my collection when it mm-hmm. goes on sale. hmm Interesting. Okay. So, the next book is Splintered by A.G. Howard. And so I'm actually going to read the synopsis on this one because it's really short. Alyssa Gardner hears the thoughts of plants and insects. She hides her delusions for now, but she knows her fate. She will end up like her mother in an institution. Madness has run in her family ever since her great-great-great-grandmother, Alice Liddell, told Lewis Carroll her strange dreams inspiring his classic Alice Adventures in Wonderland. But perhaps she's not mad, and perhaps Carol's stories aren't as whimsical as they first seem. So this is very much like an Alice in Wonderland-themed book. I love Alice in Wonderland retellings. They are my favorite thing. And so this has three books in the series, and then a companion um, novel that is filled with short stories of, like, the different characters from this book. I haven't read any of the books in this series this is the first book it has i own the second book and the companion novel of the all the short stories so i originally bought the companion novel with all the short stories on like a bargain buy like thing at a bargain bookstore not realizing that it was a compilation of novella stories Mm to a completed series so then when I actually did more research on it because it was kind of one of those things where like I really liked the back of the cover and the back of the cover only like gives a little short story like description of one of the short stories in the book. Why are they sparse on those? Like give me all the details. So it doesn't actually tell you on the back of the book that it's a part of a series that it's like a companion novel to a series Mm -hmm. and so then I ended up buying the first book in the series and I haven't had, like, the time to really read them. And then one of my friends got me the second book in the series for Christmas one Mm -hmm. year. So that's kind of just how I ended up with buying the second book Mm -hmm. without actually, like, having it and how I ended up with the compilation of short stories without actually having read the first book and loving the series. Gotcha. Okay, so my next book is You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hodge. Jess gave me this book for Christmas. We did, like, this whole little... Um, thing where we made each other little gifts tailored to specific points in the book when we're supposed to open them and we've both been really bad and haven't read the books yet yeah no. <laughs> um so we already had like known what books we were getting before mm-hmm. christmas so it's really just like a surprise on like what things we are supposed to like get mm-hmm. um i feel like 
I don't know, I was really excited when I picked out this book, and then, like, I knew what it was for so long, like, not that I was less excited to read it, but, like, the anticipation just kind of, like, you know? Yeah, I, it took me a while to actually, like, read that book, because it's not one that's, like, it's not your jam. It's definitely not my jam. I definitely, like, I'm not one that I like a book, and the relationship progression can be the only thing that drives the story. Like, I'm not, like, I love romance novels, but I'm very much a person where the romance has to be secondary to, like, an overarching plot line. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't have the romance be the only thing that drives the story. Yeah, where I can do that all day long. I really like to bounce between the two because I feel like, like, we just finished reading A Court of Silver Flames. I feel like after reading that... I need something light and fluffy with, like, I mean, that one wasn't even that heavy. I feel like it just wrapped me into the world so hard that, like, I'm just back in A Court of Thorns and Roses and, like, frolicking all over Prithian. (laughs) (laughs) And so I need some, like, light, fluffy human stuff to, like, bring me back to Earth. (laughs) And see, you know, I went from reading A Court of Silver Flames and I jumped back into Red Queen. Mm -hmm. And that's another fantasy world that just... (laughs) by Victoria Aveyard and so now I'm just like back to that and I'm like see I'm just like I don't like I don't really need a fluffy read between them I do and I can just like bump back into a different world Mm. and I just like hopscotching through different like fantasy worlds it's my favorite thing (laughs) anyway so this book is an enemies to lovers romance And it's kind of about this couple, Naomi and Nick, and they are engaged to be married. They're kind of both putting on this show of contentment, and then once they finally fess up that, you know, they're not as happy as they seem, um, they realize that they both want out, but whoever breaks off the engagement has to foot the bill for the wedding that they now don't want to have, and so... Of course, they try to sabotage each other. It says here there's a battle of pranks, sabotage, and all-out emotional warfare. And then throughout this, they kind of fall back in love, which I think is a really cute little storyline. I want to spoil something so, so, no. so bad, but I can't. No. The description no. gives a wrong impression of something, and it makes me upset Don't after me. listening to you read that. Because, like... It makes me upset. It makes me upset on a deep don't level that they, that, that they misrepresent something so hard. Don't, oh my god. Don't tell me. I didn't. Breathe through it. I haven't read the description for that book in so long. And hearing that, I'm like, oh my god, no. Okay. I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you about mine. Because, um, yeah. Uh, so this book is called Glitter by Aprilyn Pike. It is the first book in either, I think there's maybe two books in the series, I'm not sure. There are. There's definitely at least two because I almost bought both of them off Book Outlet. Yeah, there's at least two because the second one is kind of pictured on the back of the first book. So this is about Danica and she is... Uh, yes. So this is... Basically, the Palace of Versailles, um, I guess, is caught in, like, a time loop or something, and mm-hmm. it's, like, like they either they all act like it's the 18th century, and they all dress and eat and everything like it's the 18th century, or they're caught in a time loop. I'm not really, it's not really sure, mm-hmm. 
Um, and so outside of the Palace of Versailles, it's like modern day and everything. And so Danica like witnesses something and, you know, she can't like, she's, her mom like makes a play to like have her marry the king so they can like cover it up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And. Could the king of Versailles? I guess. Or the king of France, not Versailles. I don't know. Okay. It says, When Danica witnesses an act of murder by the ruthless young king, her mother makes a cruel power play, blackmailing the king and making Danny his queen on her 18th birthday. That gives Danny six months to escape her terrifying destiny. Her ticket out, a drug called glitter. Glitter can be hidden in rouge or lip gloss, and if Danny sells enough of it, she'll have the money she needs to disappear into the real world. But in Versailles, secrets are impossible to keep, and the most dangerous secret... Falling for the drug dealer outside the palace walls is one risk she has to take. That sounds so good. I almost bought that book. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of upset that I didn't realize that I had this mm-hmm. to be able to buy the second book when I did my book outlet order, and I might do a second book outlet I'm order. I'm sure we'll place another just one Just to soon. buy this one. Um, yeah. Um, although I think I have to read the first book if yeah. I'm going to buy the second one. So, uh, go on. Okay, so my next book is called The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez. Um, I bought, just bought this one. I know. I'm yeah. so excited. Um, I read the Happy Ever After playlist a couple of months ago. Absolutely loved it. I had the audiobook. I think I listened to it like four times or something ridiculous like that. I just, I loved it. <laughs> um, and so when I saw this one on Book Outlet, I scooped it right up. I literally just got this one like last week, two weeks ago. Um, so it's a brand spanking new to my bookshelf, and I am so excited to read it. I honestly don't even know what it's about. I mean, I know I've read, like, the summary, but, like, I couldn't tell you what it's about, but I loved the Happy of After Plays, and this one's kind of in the same series, so I know I'm gonna enjoy it. Excuse me. Uh, so my next book is, well, my last book is Seven Black Diamonds by Melissa Marr. And so the main character is Lily White Abernathy, and she is half human, half fae. And a war has been raging between humans and fairies since before she was born. So the Queen of Blood and Rage, ruler of the fae courts, wants to avenge the tragic death of her heir, a death that was the fault of reckless humans. Lily's father has shielded her from the repercussions of her ancestry, but when she's sent to the prestigious St. Columba's School... She's delivered straight into the arms of a fae sleeper cell, the Black Diamonds. Mysterious, glamorous, and constantly at odds, the diamonds are planted as the sons and daughters of the most influential families in the human world and tasked with the destroying it from within. Against her will, Lily's been chosen to join them, and even the romantic attention of the fae rock singer Creed Morrison isn't enough to keep Lily from wanting to run back to the familiar world she knows. Melissa Marr returns to fairy in a dramatic story of the precarious space between two worlds and the people who must thrive there. so from that i'm guessing this is a spin-off from a world that she previously wrote about and i feel like i now need to do more research on the author and the books that she's previously written so that i don't end up reading like a second series before a first series does that bother you if you do that i mean if the characters are closely related yes Because then I feel like you're, like, when we read the one with, like, the Fae Night Court Mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, and so it kept, like, referencing things Mm -hmm. with, like, 
the other series Mm -hmm. that I felt like we needed the background knowledge from that series to truly understand like the entire world true and so when it's something like that and there's a lot of world building and the world's like very intricate Mm -hmm. um like say Akatar. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read the original trilogy, trying to read Court of Silver Flames oh, yeah. be totally would be lost. really difficult because you wouldn't have like all of that world building steps before a Court of Silver Flames and you'd be missing a lot. True. So if it's something like that, I like to have like read them in order and such. Gotcha. No, that sounds really good. So my final pick is To Have and to Hoax by Martha Waters. So, this is a Regency-era novel, and this is kind of, like, a new... I don't know if it's a new love of mine, or if I'm just, like, coming off the Bridgerton high, and I need some more before the next Bridgerton season comes out. Um, But this one follows Lord James Audley and Lady Violet Grey. They met, they fell in love, and they got married. Four years ago, they had a horrible fight, and they've barely spoken since. (laughs) How do you... Honey... How do you have a married couple have a fight and then just not speak for years on it? Like, Daphne I don't Simon understand that. almost did it. Yeah, but, like, I don't... I don't know. I'm interested to find out, though. Oh. So, Violet received a letter that James has been thrown from his horse and is rendered unconscious at their country estate, so she races to his side, only to discover that he's fine. And so to retaliate, she comes up with her own fake illness, and they kind of start this back and forth, um, not really fight, but like this escalating game of manipulation, and I'm guessing that they fall in love once again. And I just, I don't know, I'm really into the Regency era stuff right now because I love Bridgerton and I'm obsessed and I'm obsessed with the musical and all of it really. But I think this is going to be really cute. I think it's going to be a fun twist. I haven't, honestly, I haven't read a lot of Regency era novels. Because they tend to be a little bit like, if they're stuffy, I can't stand them. But I have a feeling this one's going to be really fun. So on the note of loving Bridgerton and such, uh, major, major, major spoiler alert. If you haven't watched them turn back now (laughs) turn back now fast forward a minute fast forward a minute um my boyfriend has been watching Bridgerton because I like got him obsessed with it and he just finished the series the season today and he was annoyed of who Lady Bridgerton turned out to be actually no I'll just keep Bridgerton I mean not Lady Bridgerton Lady Whistledown oh I'll just keep the spoiler out of it but he was very annoyed with who it turned out to be And here I'm over here, like having called it in like episode three. She did. Like I was was like, I was like, yeah, this chick's Lady Whistledown. I know it. And then like they did a bunch of stuff and tried to frame someone else for it. And I'm like, she's not Lady Whistledown. Good try. I was like a little bit. I was like, "Mm, that's very clever, and it's a little, it's working out very well, Mm -hmm. but also like. I'm still sticking behind my other girl. Yeah. I loved who it turned out to be. I thought it was I loved it too. And he's annoyed. And I'm like, um, excuse you? No, I'm annoyed with him. I'm like, excuse you? That's not, you're not allowed to do that. It was beautifully crafted. It was. I loved it. It was. But I think that's going to wrap this episode, you guys. I feel like this has just been like a very tangenty episode. It has been, but I feel like it's also been just... It's been very relaxed. I feel like the last couple Mm -hmm. episodes we've done have been very like... 
focused on a topic and I enjoy just kind of chatting. Uh-huh. But I think that's going to wrap up today's episode, guys. Like we said, we're planning on updating this in like three or four months, depending on how we're feeling. I know I'm really excited to kind of dive into the books that are on my bookshelf. This is like a weird new problem for me having not read the books on my bookshelf but this is like a recurring problem that's just been spiraling out of control for the past couple of years that I haven't really dealt with Mm. and I feel like having too many books on my bookshelf that I haven't read isn't a problem but also I'm not a rereader so I feel like I could go through and read these and then like I feel like mm, maybe a quarter of them I could probably donate probably where I am a rereader, so I will just hoard my books mm-hmm. forever. Yep, so I feel like at least a quarter of them, I would, where I'm at in my life now, I'd be like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really want these on my bookshelf anymore, and mm-hmm. then I'd probably, like, get them rehome out. them. Yeah, that's definitely something we will update you guys on as we kind of move through our bookshelves, but that's it from us today. Thanks so much for listening. If you guys have two seconds, we would really appreciate it if you followed our podcast on your favorite pod- favorite podcasting platform, podcast <laughs> listening platform. <laughs> Clearly, we've been talking for too long um, and left us a rating. It really, really helps us out, lets more people see our podcast, and definitely don't forget to check out our social media. It's always linked down below. We're pretty active on there. And we will see you guys in our next episode.